to his servants and his anger to his enemies. For look, the Lord comes with fire. His chariots come with a windstorm to reveal his raging anger, his battle cry, and his flaming arrows. For the Lord judges all humanity with fire and his sword. The Lord will kill many. And as for those who consecrate and ritually purify themselves so that they can follow their leader and worship in the sacred orchard, those who are eating the pigs of flesh of pigs and disgusting creatures like mine, they'll be destroyed altogether, says the Lord. I hate their deeds and thoughts, so I am coming together all the nations and ethnic groups and come and witness my splendor. I will perform a mighty act among them and send them of those who remain to the nations to Tarshish, to Bull, to Lud, and no, for its archers, to Bull, Jamin, and to the distant coastlands that have not heard about me or seen my splendor. And they will tell of the nations of my splendor. They will bring back all of your countrymen from all the nations and offering to the Lord. They will bring on horses and chariots and wagons, on mules and on camels to my holy hill Jerusalem, says the Lord. And just as the Israelites bring offerings to the Lord's temple and ritually pure containers, and I will choose some of them as priests and Levites, says the Lord, for just as the new heavens and the new earth I am about to make will remain standing before me, says the Lord. And so your descendants and your name will remain for one month to the next and from one Sabbath to the next. All people, all people will come to worship me, says the Lord. And they will go out and observe the corpses of all those who rebelled against me. And the maggots that will eat them will not die. And the fire that consumes them will not die out. And all people will find out this sight. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
force and I raise my voice in unknown tongues, in unknown tongues, and I lift my spirit, my soul from this world to Your way, your way, I ask the lie. 
but I tell you he's good. He may be raising the night, but I tell you he's good. He may be raising the night, but I tell you he's good. Believe he's good. Look into his eyes, look into his eyes, you can see. Oh, don't look to the left, don't look to the right. Just lay there on the altar. Just lay there on the altar. Broken, contrite, repentant, lay on the altar. Have your way, I trust your way. I trust your way, Father. I trust your way, Father. I trust your way, Father. Your way is through the ocean. Your way is through the deep. Your way is through the seas and the rough rivers. Oh, I trust your way. Have your way. Oh, Father, I know you are good. I know you are good. I know you are good. But I tell you he is good. He may be raising the night, but I tell you he is good. He is good. He is good. Oh, yama 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 yama
this in his word. Isaiah 44, 22. Anthony told me his word this morning. I believe it applies right now. Listen to me. Verse 21. Remember these things, O Jacob. O Israel, for you are my servant. I formed you to be my servant. O Israel, I will not forget you. 22. I remove the guilt of your rebellious deeds as if they were a cloud. Listen, if you're dealing with unforgiveness, know this about the other servants of the Lord, that He removes the guilt of rebellious deeds as if it's a cloud. The guilt of your sins as if they were a cloud. If we want to receive this we must allow others to receive the same message from the Lord. We, so if we're dealing with unforgiveness, the Lord says, I'll remove your rebellious deeds as though a cloud and the guilt of your sins as if a cloud. And he says, come back to me. Return to the Lord. I forgive you. Stop holding yourself liable or someone else liable when I have forgiven you. This is a trap of the enemy to get us into that narrative. To hold on to guilt from the past. Stop it. Jesus is paid for it. Come back to me, he says. If you'll come back to me, I'll put a hedge of protection around you. I'll protect you. I'll protect you from the enemy that's assaulting your mind and your heart. Forgive and receive forgiveness from me. And turn to me. Turn. Oh, there you are. You're doing it. Yeah, I've been hurt. Yeah, you have. Forgive. Our offense towards him is greater than any offense that's ever been done to us. But he forgives us. He forgives you. Guilt, come off. Shame, come off. Child. Child of the King. Child of the Lord.
Romans 8.1 There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in, in Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the life-giving Spirit in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. did not enter a sanctuary made with hands. The representation of the true sanctuary. But he entered into heaven itself and he appears now in God's presence for us. He did not offer, he did not enter to offer himself again and again. The way the high priest enters the sanctuary year after year with the blood that is not his own. For then he would have to suffer again and again since the foundation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all at the consummation of the ages to put away the sin by his sacrifice. And just as people are appointed to die once and then to face judgment, so also Christ, after Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, to those who eagerly await him, he will appear a second time. Not to bear sin, but to bring salvation. I pray that this appearance of the Lord, the revelation of Jesus Christ would appear to you. That this revelation of who he is will be made known and imprinted onto your soul. you would know that you would know him know the one who has placed everything under his feet and that you would know that this appearance once and the consummation of the ages is to put away sin by sacrifice and it would be completely done what he said on the cross to tell us die it is finished. <laughs> I pray, Holy Spirit, that you administer this revelation all over this room. The revelation of the Lord. 
causes completion. I'm not holding anyone else liable and I'm not holding myself liable. It's all the liability that was taken at the cross. This is the birthplace of Zion. This is a place where heaven and earth collides. Fullness of Christ in us, of Christ in us, the hope of glory. This is where the radiance is.
Oh, and we got the word. Oh. 
Lord Jesus, the forerunner, has went after the order of Melchizedek.
And out of the shadowlands And into reality The words of his mouth The words of his mouth The most real thing the earth has ever seen over the words of his mouth, the words of his mouth, you can cut it like, you can cut it like iron, the hardness, the gentleness, the softness, I'm standing on promises
For the blood of goats and bulls and ashes of young cows sprinkled on those who are defiled, consecrated them, and provided ritual purity. How much more? With the blood of Christ. The whole movement, the whole movement of ascent is that this blood speaks a better word. This blood has secured everything involving redemption. Our abilities do not bring redemption. Our lack of abilities do not bring redemption. What we've done or haven't done does not bring redemption. It says by the blood of Christ, he has secured everlasting eternal redemption. saying when we sing replace our fear with faith we're setting our faith in the blood of the one we're setting our faith in this man Jesus Christ who's secured eternal redemption and that's the ascension and that's where union is It's in the efficacy of the blood because of who he is and because of what he has already done. Through the eternal spirit he offered himself without blemish to God to purify our consciousness from dead works so that we can worship him. I'm setting my eyes on you, Lord. I know what you've done, Lord. He says, and John said this, the beloved said this, he said, when I see him, I will be like him, for I'll see him as he is. He's the mediator of this new covenant so that as many are called may receive this eternal inheritance that he has promised since he's died to set us free from the violations committed under the first covenant So we don't have to live in fear of death any longer. Or fear. Eyes on the Lord. Oh, yeah. This is where the union is. This is where reality is. This is the place of agreement. And all it needs is agreement. I trust your finished work.
preachers, they said, make much of the blood. Make much of the blood.
pizzas. Second Corinthians chapter 4, therefore, since we have this ministry, just as God has shown us mercy, we do not become discouraged. We have rejected shameful hidden deeds, not behaving with deceptiveness or distorting the word of God, but by open proclamation of the truth, we commend ourselves 
to everyone's conscience before God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing, among whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, so they would not see the light of a glorious gospel of Christ, who is the very image of God. Listen to what Paul said. He said, for we do not proclaim ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and as ourselves as slaves for Jesus' sake. And it is upon this condition, he says, let light shine out of darkness. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness is the one who shined in our hearts to give us the light of the glorious knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You see why the work of the Holy Spirit would be moving in Hebrews chapter 9 to purify our conscience. Why? 2 Corinthians 4. Why would he move to purify the conscience? Why? So that we would have open proclamation of the truth with purified conscience. And even if the gospel is veiled, it would be veiled to those who are perishing purpose. But the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the very image of God, would be proclaimed. The Holy Spirit is moving to purify the consciousness of His people right now. It's His purpose on this hour to bring us into great purity. And I believe as we ascend and we go up and we move, and as we ascend, the conscious purity, the work of the Lord, deeper realms of the grace of God, ministering by the blood, We don't proclaim ourselves, he says. But we proclaim Jesus Christ as the Lord. When the conscience is clear, it doesn't have to be turned back in on the self. It doesn't turn on the self. It's something we couldn't do for ourselves. It's something he had to do for us. We would ever be turning within. We would ever be turning back to ourselves. But thanks be to God. He knows how to purify the consciousness of his people so that we wouldn't exalt ourselves, but we would give glory and we would give the, all the honor uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that would be our testimony. And that we would be the doulas of the Father, but also the technon, the 
the we are of the Father. That we would serve with open hearts and we, as we know that we are the sons and daughters of our Father. No more turning in on ourselves for His sake. What happens? Light shines out of darkness. Rob. <laughs> Light shining out of you. You radiant son of God. <laughs> Light breaking forth out of you, Klesa Osram. Light breaking out of you, Joel Cleveland. Light shining out of darkness, Steve Scroggs. With an explosion of light sitting right here inside of you. Explosion of light. All of you. The Lord knows how to do His work. He knows how to clean the conscience. Liberate us into the great and glorious freedom. He knows what He's doing. Now I don't have to turn in on myself and say, is myself acknowledging myself? No, I'm looking at Him. And you're looking at Him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Him. And in that way, this union, this beautiful union is taking place. The light of the glory of the Lord is shining, shining in the face of Jesus Christ. Jacob said it like this at Peniel. He said, he said, I he named it Peniel because he said, I beheld him face to face and I'm still living. <laughs> oh yeah, we've been knocked and tussled all around, all of us have. And we've faced death and trials and tempests and hardship and everything, haven't we? We realize that we're dust, but we also realize, like Steve said to me this week, that he has pity on us. Yes. He pities the dust. <laughs> he has great compassion and mercy on us. And he loves us with an everlasting love. And it just brings him great delight when we know, I believe, that he, oh, we are his delight. Say it to him. I'm the delight of you, Father. I'm your delight. I'm your delight. Hey, no more duty, no more despondency. Just delight. Receive the grace of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, Jesus. Okay. This isn't original to me, but uh, which I, I don't think anything is. <laughs> but you know how uh, Solomon said that, right? There's nothing new under the sun. Thank you, Steve. That's what Solomon said. So this this phrase is original to me, but I found it this morning where I was led to it. And you know, I apply this. You can apply this in a gender neutral way, but 
He didn't, he didn't find his dreams. Uh, his dreams found him. And uh, if that was, maybe this will... He didn't find his dreams. His dreams found him. And um, it's a heart. Thank y'all for being patient. I think every week it's not the easiest thing to like, you know, craft a sermon right out of when the word says all these odd words and things, and it's supposed to be able to help somebody else to understand what he's saying when it comes in a vernacular that most of us don't understand. You know, because he he'll speak in a way. Uh, many times that is beyond our recognition or our ability to, to see um, what he's saying. So here, here let's, let's do this. Um, let's, let's go to Isaiah 66, and we began the event on this, and then and I believe this will help uh, get us a leaping off point. Uh, as the Holy Spirit was speaking to me this morning, he, that He had something to say here out of Isaiah 66, and so I'm going to lay this out. Now, um, in verse 5, uh, hear the word of the Lord, you who respect what He has to say. Um, that's you. Those of you that have an ear, uh, like I said in Revelation, hear the word of the Lord and as you know, if you've ever raised children, uh, hearing and listening are, can be two completely different things. I heard you. It's like, you aren't listening. And I think when the word is saying here is hear me, or like listen to me, internalize this message. Don't just take it, um, you know, just a, a run by. Don't let this word like fall on deaf ears. Hear, hear what the word of the Lord is saying. You who respect what he has to say. Um, I had a talk with the kids on the way here that a lot of times we're having a problem. We may have a problem in our family sometimes where we may raise our voice or we may get emotional, maybe extremely emotional sometimes. And, and I was talking to them because I was saying sometimes we're trying to communicate something to one another and, and it's not getting through. And so, if you know, if you think it's not getting through when we're communicating, you know, you may get more emotional, or you may have to like say something a little louder. You're not listening to me. And I was speaking to them, and I said, you know, instead of us getting to a point in our diplomacy, which sometimes has went to war, but why not keep it diplomatic? If we could keep hearing diplomatic so much so that we would listen, even within this, we would listen, maybe uh, the emotional level wouldn't have to rise. And we're having this talk coming over. And I was like, and you know one of the best things that helps that to work out in our family context is that you're considerate to the other person, maybe even perceiving what they would want or listening to what they're trying to say through the inferences of what they're getting at. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah he's trying to get a point across, and you, if you make it numerous times, and um, this is just practical family stuff, you know, and, and life things, but if you're having to overly infer and make too many points, I mean, you can push somebody over the edge. 
Maybe you can say, what's wrong with you? I mean, are you being like a Christian? You just lost your uh, temper. Or are you just acting foolishly? Well, I've been trying to tell you for 1,800 times and you haven't heard a thing I said, right? And it can become very aggravating because we want clear communication. And I believe that's what the Lord is saying here concerning in Isaiah. He's saying, hear the word of the Lord, but also you must have respect for what he has to say. And so this... Um, this respect requires a certain amount of consideration, uh, a leaning in, and also and uh, checking the inferences to um, listen. I mean, um, interestingly enough about the Lord, many of you have seen this. He's, I believe that he's looking for us to come beyond maybe our own desire sometimes or what, what we are uh, coming there for in, in our prayer time. You know, we come with our requests and make them known. He's like, I'm wanting to speak to you, but I want you to come across this barrier. I want you to hear what I have to say. And would you take time to be considerate, meaning that would you consider or intuit what I'm attempting to get to you? And uh, I've been married 23 uh, plus years now, and I've learned, I've learned that about my wife. She'll leave out information. On purpose. Like she's like can be the most anonymous person sometimes. And she won't say things. And I'm like, if you had just told me, I mean, I would have done everything. But that's not how it is, Carol. I'm, I'm wanting you to intuit to me. And I was like, I don't have that. I don't have one of those. <laughs> what is it called, Stephen? I don't have an intuitor. <laughs> I lost my tutor. I mean, anyways, I, you're going to get your tutors knocked out. <laughs> no, she wouldn't do that. But I mean, I, you know, when we're thinking about the Father and the way the Holy Spirit relates to us, um, I think he's like, and he, he shared this with us last year when we were in, well, now it's been almost a year and a half ago at Tom Laura Grace's Pavilion. I don't want you to come to me, Holy Spirit was saying this, just so you can get your thing. Now, I'm, I'm willing to do, do things for you, and I love you. I don't want you to just come to me like that. I, I really like it, you know, and I don't know how he ended up showing me this, because I forgot exactly how he showed me this. I don't I remember what it was now. It was a lady who came up in a purple dress. Remember that and I, I remember her standing up there, and there was something about her disposition, the way she was carrying herself, and just the way she was honoring the Lord and honoring the Spirit of, of the Lord. And I started like, I was shaking all over his stuff, and I said, yeah, what is going on? And I asked the Lord, and I remember Stephen and I had to talk about this, and the Lord's like, you know, I so much want to come to people, but I, I don't want to come to people that are just seeking me for things or stuff. Or, you know, I said, man, everybody's doing that. <laughs> she was like, we're all like trying to get the Lord to hook us up. And um, the Lord's like, I really like, sure you just like to be with me. Amen. And just hang out and see my inferences and like track them. 
and notice me and be considerate and take time to just look at me. I, um, and I remember early on, it took me back years ago when I first started my prayer time. I was really aggravated because the Lord's like, once you come out in the woods, just spend some time with me. And I was like, I have things to do. You know, I've got a lot of stuff to do. i got a family to raise, and this is ridiculous. And I remember I'd been sitting there for almost an hour and thinking I'd done God a service. <laughs> and I was like, well, I did my part. I'm ready to go on about my business, get on about my way. And the most gentle spirit just like moves through the breeze as he is. And he says, please don't go. And I, and I, and I, um, man, I got touched by the Lord. I sat there in his presence for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> and I just, I think, I, I don't remember, I don't know if I just sat there and wept, but I was deeply touched by the fact that the Lord himself needed to be touched. And we know the Lord's getting with Isaiah here to the end of Isaiah 66, speaking to us. He's saying, you know, we can hear it as a command. We can hear it by the gentle presence of the Holy Spirit speaking through Isaiah saying, maybe like this, would you take time to hear my word? Would you respect what I have to say? And, I, and again, I think that we learn this in family. I, I think it's a good place for us to mature, to grow up is in the midst of family dynamics. The, the Lord uses covenant and uses our family and, and uses uh, us being a corporate family together to come together to hear what he has to say now so we can move on. I don't think we can really ever Again, just get to the next thing without taking time to listen and to bring some consideration to the Holy Spirit who's so wonderful. You know, and then the signs and wonders will follow. Let them follow. Let them follow. They will come. I started to notice just spending time with the Lord. All kinds of signs followed. And they will follow, and the word goes to work. So, so he says, your countrymen who hate you and exclude you, and they're doing this supposedly for the sake of my name. He says, um, may the, will the word be glorified, then we will witness your joy. I, I'm going to take this, and I, I don't know. It's some kind of sarcasm. And he says, but they'll be put to shame. The sound of battle comes from the city. The sound comes from the temple. It is the sound of the Lord paying back his enemies. And then, and then this is the context for the content of today. Before she goes into labor, she gives birth. Now, first of all, Let's just stop for a minute and notice what it says there. Is that something that we're accustomed to? No. No, because have you ever seen a woman give birth before she goes into labor? No. No, you, you haven't. 
And so um, I, I, for years, I think I read right over that thing. And I'm, I've never really looked at it. But it says, uh, the word of the Lord, uh, or excuse me, before she goes into labor, uh, she gives birth. And before her contractions begin, she delivers a boy. And the Holy Spirit today is, is like, I really want you to pay attention to this, this section. And I, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to pay attention. And maybe you've heard this said before, but I, I really haven't. I don't know that I've heard it said, but maybe you probably have. But before the great tribulation, or even the tribulation begins, before this end time movement even gets kicked off, the Lord's plan in the kicking off the end time movement in a second advent, before a second advent, was to deliver up a boy. It was God's end time plan. Isaiah's prophesied, last book. You know, if you're take the 66 books of the Bible and you take Isaiah 66 chapters, you make it marry Isaiah 66. I'm not telling you to do this, but with Revelation. It is the 66th book. I believe that it's important maybe to make these kind of distinctions because the Lord is very involved in Scripture like this and it's really interesting. And so the Lord in Isaiah 66 may be given a terse commentary that's extrapolated and expanded with John in the book of Revelation. And so we're digging down in this uh, poetic or, well, maybe prose here, but, but terse information that is giving us insight into the end of the age or, or this end time work. The Lord is saying that my idea... My idea, and this is wild, I mean, if you take the first advent, that God's idea when He's going to come and redeem His people, it's not a big military takeover, it's not an economic upfit, it's not a move the geography around, it's not get a bunch of people together and a quorum of people and get them to all enact Something is it's none of that. It, it's the wildest thing in the world that when the Lord says, the, the Father says, I'm going to go down to the earth and I'm going to change everything for humanity, for what Adam had lost in the garden, that his whole idea hinged on two things. A star and a child. It's the Lord's idea. It was the Lord's idea that, I mean, and think about it, it's the oddest thing. Yeah, I mean, you got the Romans overtaking Israel, uh, ruling there, occupying their land. You got all these global problems going on. I mean, massive issues all throughout the nations. And you're going to rescue the world through a, through a kid. I mean, we look back at it and we think, that. Yeah, obviously. But just think about it. It doesn't make sense. It, it literally doesn't make sense because, I mean, children, you have to change their diapers. You, you have to feed them. They're so dependent and vulnerable. Um, I mean, we dropped our kids on their heads quite a bit. And that's why they turned out like they have. Pretty awesome. 
I'm not saying drop your kids, but I mean, boom, there they go. Oh my God, you're not going to make it. You know what I mean? Kids, you just roll it right off the bed. Boom, there went. I think Lydia must have hit her head like eight times. And Lydia tried to put gummy bears in Susanna's mouth when she was a newborn. <laughs> and we didn't know, and, and Susanna was like, <laughs> She's loved sugar ever since. <laughs> I don't know how those kids make it. And you probably think the same thing about your children. How in the world are they going to make it? I mean, they're so vulnerable. They're so dependent. I mean, and you know, and we could just go on and on. But I mean, the Lord, when He's deciding that He's going to change the whole world, He's like, I'm going to put myself into a child. This is the way that I'm going to do it. And, you know, and I believe here in his second advent, he's, he's no different. And Jesus will say it like this. He says, except you become as a what? You can't what? You can't enter in. You know, some is like, where do you get all that information, Carol? I mean, where do we get what we have? It's this thing. It's, it's not imposed. It's not manipulated. But it's, it's what the Lord wants. Is He wants complete vulnerability. Yeah. He wants complete dependency. Yeah. He doesn't want us trying to make everything happen for ourselves. He, he wants it like that. And he's, that's what He's after. And I know you've heard me say that a lot. And I feel like, well, you're beating a dead horse, Carol. But I mean, it's the centrality of the gospel of Jesus saying this, you know, raising up the guy on the Sabbath. My father's always working. Because Jesus was in complete vulnerability and dependence with the father. It wasn't, I declare the declaration of independence over my life. It wasn't declaring independence. And um, so anyways, there's the mode. It's dependence and vulnerability. It's humility and it, it, but it works. You know, for years the Lord would tell me, runner to zero. And I was like, I don't understand. I remember Ann Nolan told me last year and a half ago now, man, things are flying by. She says, what does Carol mean when he says run it to zero? Now, remember that, Ann? You asked the Lord. I mean, Queen Ann. Queen Ann asked the Lord. What does he mean by that, uh, Lord? He's, she said that the Lord said he's meaning go warp speed. Isn't that what she said? You did, I remember. Uh, and if you run it to zero, the thing was, the Lord was saying, run out every option you've got. Like, do it on purpose. Uh, Brad Ames and I talked about that before, haven't we, Brad? Just in a different way. He'd say, you know, there's one thing to be hedging on the Lord and just kind of holding back. There's another thing when you kind of get your head down. It's like, I'm running into you. Like Stephen will sing, I'm running as fast as I can. I'll run to nothing because Jesus plus nothing equals everything. But Jesus plus something equals nothing. The Lord taking us to the very edge and then like we talked about last weekend, just like, woo! <laughs> you know, like that. Place my full entire self and trust in you. And you got this. I don't know what the outcome is, but I trust you. This is the end time. This is star child methodology. This is how it works, and this is what the Lord has been looking for. So when the Lord started at X2M111 with us last November the 5th, 
ended up nine months later to the date, and I, I did not calculate this on August the 5th. I believe it was, yeah, that would make sense, nine months. And we finished X2M 111 through X2M 144. Nine months to the day, and the Lord said, I've got me a star child. And then Melinda and Steve threw us a star child baby party. <laughs> that was the coolest thing. And now we're in the middle of the Lord outfitting the star child. The first thing he gives a child is a star caster plaster, Rob. I was kind of, that is the craziest thing when you give a kid a blaster. <laughs> you don't give a kid a gun. <laughs> so anyways, God's end time plan was to produce a star children. And so, look. Now I'm going to read this again. Before she goes into labor, she gives birth. So before the end time move, the Lord had to have him a star child or a star children, a star people. He had to. You see it? He had to because without that, he can't. Even, he's not even going to crank up the end time move. And he said, you got to pay attention to this to me today. you got to pay attention to this. I said, okay, I'm going to pay attention. Even so, before her contractions began, she delivered a boy. So the labor, the contractions and the labor before, let's say, let's kind of take it like this. Before the tribulation and before the great tribulation of the Lord, the Lord is moving to get a star child. Now, the next thing he says, and I think all of you will probably laugh. Who has ever heard of such a thing? <laughs> I mean, I think that's characterized this ministry a lot. What in the world is he talking about? <laughs> Who has ever heard of such a thing? <laughs> and that's been the one thing that's been said a lot. We don't know what he's talking about. It's not what I'm talking about. It's who I'm talking about. So we, nobody's ever heard of such a thing. And that's why I think this whole mood is sort of odd. You know, it's like, oh, who's ever heard of it? Nobody has. But we, I think if we go back and we're reminiscing on this child born in a manger, born in relative obscurity, a few angels and a few uh, magi show up a couple years later to the uh, party. Now, I, I want to say this, that the Lord said this, this to me years ago, and maybe this will be helpful for you, but Bethlehem is the place where you should be celebrated, but hardly anybody shows up. And Jerusalem is the place of exposure where everybody shows up and you really wished you no one was there. <laughs> and the Lord said, I'll ordain both of them for my people. And you really need Bethlehem and you need Jerusalem to be whole. And Christ formed in us would take both of them. Then mm -hmm. I you know, and we can all say that. Some of us have struggled on one side or the other, or with both. That man, I thought I'd be celebrating and they would notice. I mean, something big has happened in my life and no one really noticed. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You that have been on this journey for years and waiting. <laughs> for that great calling that's inside of you to be seen. And then also, and then when I didn't want anybody to know about the things I've been struggling with, everybody knows. And the Lord would say, you know, how to deal with this is, 
and I, I put out the thing on, uh, by Francis Chen that we were to make private our prayer life and our giving and make public our need for repentance and our to repent openly. That, that, that was the solution for Jerusalem and Bethlehem. And it would bring real wholeness to the human soul. And Christ could be formed there. So we come come upon that, and, and so the Lord says, Now I, I have me a star child. No one who's ever heard of this? Who's even seen this? Well, not many people. <laughs> I think we had 38 views last week. <laughs> there was two in like a few weeks ago. Two views. Anyways, I was like, who cares? The Father is with us, is He not? Who cares? There's something where you begin to crave anonymity, but not for the wrong reason. But you crave anonymity because you realize how deeply the Father sees you, and delights in you, and loves you. And you know what? He knows how to do things for us that we can't do for ourselves. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if the whole world knew that when our eyes are turned towards His gaze and His gaze is turned on us, that no thing in the human heart or other person's you know, accolade or accusation can ever, ever, ever compare to the greatness of who He is. And He wants us to deeply know that and to know Him before He would strike up the band. <laughs> which he's about to do apparently listen to what he says can a country be brought forth in one day um, I don't know if you find this interesting I find it interesting that the Lord ties a baby being born with a nation except when you read Solomon and he'll say when he's going up to Mount Gideon do y'all remember that he goes up to make a sacrifice, sacrifice a thousand oxen, to the equivalent of about one to one point five million dollars today. He makes an offering to the Lord, and the Lord says, "You know, what do you want?" And he says something really interesting. He says, "I'm but a little child." And Solomon, the, the, the king of Israel, is claiming childhood, and he's receiving the entire nation to govern. It's like the Lord's like, "Pay attention to this, because." I could never have a kingdom, and I would not allow this. And I think this is so fascinating about the word. I would never let you, and, and let any of us be in the royal family and all. I would never let you lay hands to it. I never wanted a government where you put your hands to it. The problem with government today is man has put their hands to it. And kind of made it happen and worked out their own thing. And, and we can see what that's done even in one of the best governments. The Lord says I, at the beginning here of Isaiah 66, He starts it out like this, out of rest, and I will not dwell in a temple made with man's hands. Now, I can't, I can't get along with that. I'm not going to. He's really been trying to take the tension out like He did today and the stress off and the sort of the unknowing installed and admit it said, I can't do anything on my own. He's even allowed us to be uh, around other children and other people that act like children. <laughs> or he's allowed us to be around situations in our family lives that, like this to just bring us to, you know what? I can't do it. 
And you know what? I'm not going to try. I'm going to wait on you. The Lord's been after this, and, I, and I, He gets some people, and it, they start to let go. And they said, forget it, man. You know, I'm not running my own show anymore. I'm not trying to do my own thing. I'm going to let the Lord have me. And it's been a long wrestling match with some of us. Has it not? We have our own ideas about things, don't we? We got our own experiences. We think we know better and all kinds of stuff. Well, I'm not putting that on any of y'all. I'll just say me. I thought I knew better about everything. Just ask Kara. I heard Leander one time in the back of the truck. He said, Tell Sadie that I know something. She says, I don't know anything. And I said, Son, go ahead and admit it. Go ahead and admit it now. Because Sadie's like her mama. And you might as well go ahead and admit that you know nothing. <laughs> because the moment it comes out of your mouth that you know something, pride, arrogancy, just like Job, pride's coming out of your mouth. They'll let you have it. I said, just be quiet. Don't say a word. Go ahead and repent to the Lord and be done with it. <laughs> Don't you be arrogant, you eight-year-old. <laughs> How are you ever going to do the work of the Lord if you know everything? You don't. You can't. You, you just got to go ahead and just admit it. Because the Lord resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, doesn't he? He does. He does. He does. Uh, so when the Lord's talking about a star child, he's talking about a nation. And he's like, can a country be brought forth in one day? Can a nation be born in a single moment? I think the implication here is if a child can, without labor and contraction, so can a nation. God's movement in this nation is always, listen, everyone, the Lord's movement in the earth, the Lord's movement concerning all nations, is He's looking for the royal family to finally become like a little child. I, I believe that, that that's the place of nation birth. That's the way, you know, we're concerned about the nation and stuff, and people go try to lobby for different positions and stuff. Stop, stop it, stop. Quit doing what you're doing and become a little child. In the Father's hands and do only what you see your Father doing. Flip a whole nation on its head. So it goes on, and now this, this changes here, and it says, um, yet as soon as Zion goes into labor, she'll give birth to sons. Think about it with me. Because I had to think about it this morning or this afternoon, stand there. Wait a minute. So we don't have labor and a star child comes and a nation's born. But now we do have labor. Laboring out of Zion and then what happens? Sons are born. You see that this is the plan of the father. So he gets him a star child. He said, Build me a nation in one day. And now he's saying, now it's going to go into labor. And now what's going to happen? Sons. Baby star babies. Everywhere. Star babies popping up everywhere. Little star baby sons and daughters. 
This is God's end time plan. This is God's move. I mean, he says, now, do I bring a baby to birth open and, and then not deliver it? You know, I thought about delivery like, you know, the nurse midwife delivery, and, and I think that, that, but the Holy Spirit told me this morning, and then Stephen started seeing it on deliverance. I started thinking deliver, delivery in a different way, in a word like deliverance. And I, I, I guess I was thinking about Moses and how the Lord had raised him up to what? Deliver. Uh, deliver a whole people out of bondage and out of exile in Egypt and to bring them into promise. And the song today was so fitting. Because in this, in this you can see here that the Lord does not bring a baby to birth and a star people or star children. He doesn't bring it to birth that he's not going to bring a deliverance. And this is to bring some comfort to some of you because the Lord said, comfort my people of Zion in Isaiah 60 to declare the day of the vengeance of our God. It was the two parts that Jesus didn't finish when he opened the scroll. And I, uh, referencing back to Isaiah, when he opens the scroll, he declares his ministry, and then he doesn't finish two parts. One, to declare the day of the vengeance of our God and to comfort those who mourn in Zion. But now in this end time, these two components will begin to take place, and the Lord now is saying, comfort my people. What? Many of you and who have given your whole lives to this move, the Lord salutes you, and the Lord bless you for your work and your labor in the gospel. Because it, is, it has produced something that is of great importance to the Lord. Now, I, I want to say this particularly to many of you uh, in here that have been a part and have laid the foundation of something that is incredible. The Lord wants you to know how special you are to Him for your years of intercession and your believing and your prayer. Because He has got Himself a star child. And when he gets himself a star child, the end time's going to crank up the end time move. And he's going to bring forth sons, and just like you had believed and have prophesied and have said that this would happen, it is, it is happening. This word is being fulfilled even in your midst. And there has not been one thing in all the years that you believed Him that the Lord didn't see it and that the Lord would not bring it to pass. That He see it and He wants you to know how special you are to Him. Especially here at 3867. But many others of you who have labored in the field of the Lord saying yes all these years. But it was for an appointed time and appointed season that He has set in His own annals of eons of time that he would ordain it for such a time as this. That he would bring forth something that was going to shake the whole earth. Oh, and it will. I woke up this morning in a flat-out vision. And then John Harris called me for an hour. And he normally doesn't talk that long on the phone. And he's lit with excitement. Prophesying. Heard last week's uh, 
I sent it to him what happened when I turned off the uh, live stream last week, and that what happened. If you haven't heard that, Henry finished editing. I've sent it out. I want you to listen to it. John Harris is so excited going from one word to another. And the Lord used him in such a powerful way to really like, because he called me and he says, Carol, and I was talking to him and I was doing like I do. I was just talking, saying, oh, no, 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 no. and he says, Carol, be quiet. And I said, okay, I'll be quiet. He says, because the, the Lord wants you to know before you even say the next words out of your mouth that he's talking to you. And I'm going to tell you what he's saying to you so you'll know that it's him. And John Harris prophesied to me, and he said, this action of this government is installed out of my voice. I'm telling you that the footstool has been laid in Asheville like you told me years ago, and it is now. Yes, yes, yes. And he said, and, um, and the next morning, Kirk Bennett texted me. And John had told me, he said, Kirk, it's a word to him about the footstool being laid in Asheville, that the word would make it his footstool. From his throne room. I tell you, from the word of the Lord that has come to pass now. And I, the Lord had told me that the day before. And John clearly tells me that the next day. And Kirk, without knowing anything, texts me the next day and said, What is the word of the Lord I need to know? And we had a conversation the next day. And I knew from the Holy Spirit that He is He is moving. Because now He was clarifying that I'm moving on this nation. Yeah, someone say, why does that matter? I was like, because I'm sick, you know, I'm sick and tired of like watching all this nonsense go on and exploiting our children, destroying our schools, and messing with the I mean, it's just rife with problems. And then why wouldn't the Lord not like that and raise up a people for himself and put an end to it? You know? And the greatness of his name can be proclaimed. I mean. And that he would be seen for who he really is and people would turn to the Father. Yeah. And they'd run to him. And I saw it this morning. I was in a vision. I'm, we were right there, just like the Lord said. It will be in the stadiums. And we were there. And man, they're just in mass turning to the Lord. I mean, in mass they will turn to him. Because he'll come. He'll come. He'll come and make himself known. But a people with a people like he's prepared us for himself. He'll come and he'll show up because here's the word of the Lord to us today. I will deliver. I didn't cause this to happen and I'm not going to bring a deliverance. I'm going to bring a deliverance like you haven't ever seen. Now some people say, well, the end times are going to be really bad. And I said, yeah, it does say in Revelation it's the great end and the terrible day of the Lord. But let's focus on the greatness of our God and not the terribleness of everything else. You know, we don't love our lives to the death. So who cares? Let's get her done. <laughs> let's go. He said, um, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to deliver this whole people exit to millennium. You know, he told me, don't, you don't, you can call it a second exodus if you want, but I call it exit to millennium. And I said, well, let's just call it what you call it. You know, if you call it exit to something, not exit from something. And that's important because the Lord's moving for a restoration in this deliverance, a restoration of his people. 
It goes on to say, or do I bring a baby to the point of delivery and then hold it back? Ask your God. And maybe this is maybe this is a you know, we get to a point where it closes up. You know, I think a lot of us, because we believe in the sovereignty of God, we think, well, maybe the Lord's the one that's kind of like holding things back. But it sounds like to me what he's saying here is, I'm not the one holding things back. I'm asking you to come to the forefront and do whatever I reveal to you and move. Now, now everybody, please hear this. The Lord's not going to hold this back. This thing that he's doing with us, it's going forward. But I'll tell you, all that needs to go forward with is that each one of us will come in agreement. It's all he wants. I mean, he just wants an agreement that each one of us would just, whatever we see our Father doing, we would do it. All hands on deck. Y'all ready? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 He's not holding it back. He's promising deliverance. Um, So that, that's his rhetorical question. Am I holding this thing back? And the answer is no. I like this. He says, um, Be happy for Jerusalem and rejoice with her, all you who love her, sharing her great joy. All you have mourned over her. I'm going to bring full nourishment to you. I'm going to extend prosperity that will flow like a river. I'm going to call the rich, cause the riches of nations to overflow into your banks. Now, folks, some of you, I, I know some of the saints, they talked to me before. The Lord was saying this stuff back in the 60s, Carol. I was like, yeah, but did he have a star child? <laughs> The word has an order in the way it does stuff. He does. Well, now he's got one. He has a corporate star child. He has a man-child company. Um, Wendy brought this up to me uh, today. Uh, Henry and Wendy had come and was a part of Melchizedek House Prayer, MC Hop. Right during the time when, um, remember the September 17th, September 23rd, 2017, when the, the constellation in the heavens was declaring the uh, Revelation 12. Remember that? And it crossed through all these towns in the United States called what? Y'all know? Salem. And um, she was saying it was so awesome to them this week because of... Uh, they realized that they were reporting from down in South Florida or in, in, in the Central Florida up, up to hang out with us right around the time when that was happening. And they come in part of the Melchizedek order. Melchizedek was the king of what? Salem. And so they're running a retrospect on all their faithful years and seeing that the Lord has been with them. She said it's so blessed her this week to know because the Lord illuminated her understanding to say I've been with you the whole time. I've been watching over you and attending to you. I haven't like left you not apart. I brought you at just the right time and just the right season. Lineker. 
double electric. Will you come here and get your little your uh, thing you showed me this morning? Does that, I want you to see something that happened to him too, because I believe these stories um, they're just populated all over this room, and not just this room, because the Lord told me this morning, He said, "Do you know, son, that all over this nation I have faithful ones? They stood by me night and day in prayer. They've loved me. They've said yes to me. They." pastored for me, that administrated for me, and I'm just so proud of all of them. He told me, he said, when this thing goes hot and it goes out in the open, make sure you give honor to all of them. I said, yes, Lord. He said, because they're so special to me. They're so important to me. But so, after Wendy had told me about y'all waiting, if you've never heard of entering Wendy's story, it's just phenomenal. If you'd like to get their story, it's great. Now, as of you, I know many of you have wonderful stories, but then Pete comes up to me, like right after Wendy, and uh, he says, Carol, you got to see this. You share, share that? Yeah. Uh, so I was, the Lord gave me a dream I don't know, earlier this week, and it, part of the dream was hey, saying, hey, go look, go look at what you wrote down in 2014, a decade ago. So I started reading my journal from back then, and I came across this on February 25th, 2014. I had a dream that I was in the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey um, and it was on course for its destination. The journey was not abandoned and then I wrote The Star Child. That's a decade ago. We talk too fast because you're Naftali. Yep. <laughs> And you have the best accent. I got like all trapped up in your accent. <laughs> and then I didn't hear a word you said. Could you repeat that? Because I would rather hear your accent. But now when y'all hear him, like listen to him, not just his accent. It does seem to be a problem, doesn't it? Okay. Do over. That would be embarrassing. Oh, I'm really bad at it. Um, so, in a decade ago, on 2014 to 25, 10 years ago, 10 years ago this month, yeah. Um, so, and at 5:26 and at 54 seconds, I wrote down. <laughs> And so I woke up and I had a dream in which I was in this sci-fi movie called 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is a movie that's been referenced in a few um, events in the past. Um, I was in the movie, and in this, in this movie, there's a spaceship called the Odyssey, and it is on its way to another planet in the solar system. Um, and at the time, I must have been feeling like some kind of uncertainty, like, Lord, where am I? What's going on? And, and so the, the message at the time was, the journey is not abandoned. It's on course, time-wise. And, um, you know, he's got it. This is not... There's nothing that could get in the way. And there was, in the, in the dream, there was also 
There was also a wider context at the time, 10 years ago. Um, there was a birthing that I, I was anticipating on June 14th, um, several months later. And so then I wrote 6.14, The Star Child. Um, I mean, uh, there, there was also a, uh, on 6.14, so my daughter Gwen had a, had, had a dream that a, a nebula exploded. And 6.14 actually, the crab nebula coincided with the sun. There was, a, there was some stuff that, maybe, I'll leave it there. Was that better? And so the you're saying that ten years ago the Lord's letting you know that the Odyssey is what? It's on course. It's on time. And then you wrote a start a star child. This star child. Ten years ago. Just like Naphtali. Just rediscover. Yeah, because the Lord told you to look at it, right? Yes. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make sure. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Okay, well, let's um, uh, stand up. We'll come for communion, and then we'll take communion together. Say very personal, cry out to me for help. 
and the affliction that you faced in the past, if you're facing something now, or you may not be, but cry out to the Lord for help. And he says, because he hears you. And when the time is right, he will answer you. If you're having a delay, Again, some of you waited a long time to see the Lord of God. Well, He heard you. But there's a time. And the time is right. Hallelujah. And it says He'll answer you. Whatever you're going through, no matter what affliction you're facing, God hears you right now. And the Lord's plan is to deliver. And He says, For God sees you. He doesn't just see you, he knows you. So he knows what's going on. The Lord knows. So whatever you're facing, just be at peace and rest in the Lord. And he heard, he's heard your prayer. Some of you are praying for things, and you've asked the Lord, please be comforted and to know. Please hear this, that he hears you. that he sees you and please hear that he knows exactly what you're going through and then take a deep breath and be at peace be at rest the Lord took the bread and said this is my body which is broken for you and do this in remembrance
he come for me he know when i'm ready and my heart is aching for the coming Must get ready now. And I must get ready now. I must get ready now. For behold, my bridegroom comes. Oh, I must get ready now. Make us ready now. 
make us ready now. Oh, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. Mm -hmm. Oh, make us.